there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Tzav, Shabbos Hagodol. We are mere days away from Chaga Pesach and all the homes are buzzing and there's busy people all around running and buying and cleaning and shopping and preparing. It's such a busy time, it's such an active time, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful time as you prepare for the premiere Chag of the year, the, the, the Chag that celebrates the birth of Kaiser. And we're going to be talking in our future segments about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But of course, it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Tzav. So let's start off with something from the Parsha, which again continues to discuss the Karbonus that a person can bring. And one of the main things discussed is, of course, is the Karbon Yakrivenu. <clears throat> if a person offers a offering for a Thanksgiving offering, now, Allah says, one who has survived a life-threatening crisis brings a thanksgiving offering to Hashem as an expression of his gratitude. Now, this gratitude goes far beyond the actual carbon. On the contrary, it begins with the carbon and should continue in every aspect of his life. He should never forget that he is alive only, so to speak, by the grace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Throughout Sefer Tehillim, David HaMelech repeats again and again his praises of Hashem in his gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for sustaining him throughout the difficult moments in his life. He went further than just thanking Hashem for the good, he understood that with regard to Hashem, there is no such thing as bad. What we perceive to be negative is due to our limited perception of events. David HaMelech declares, says, Oy Hashem, Raiki in his sunny. Will sing in Halal on Pesach. I thank you, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, for you have answered me and you have been a help to me. Now, the Beis Halevi observes that the word Ini Sunny, which is translated as "You answered me," has the same shayrish, the root, as Inli, suffering, affliction. This alludes that David Melech was thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu both for the Inui, the suffering, and the salvation. He realized that the suffering was an integral part of the salvation. We did not know the reason for what we perceive as bad. Therefore, we are unable to see the necessity of the suffering in the greatest scheme of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan. We must keep in mind that there is a divine plan. And this, of course, whatever is happening to us at the moment, that is part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan. Now, it's all about our attitudes. Rav Yaakov Galinsky relates 
that he was privy to a conversation that took place between the stipler Gon Zatzal and Horab Avram Yofin Zatzal. The conversation was a difficult, right, due to the stipler's, uh, uh, didn't have very good hearing. In fact, he was, he was hard of hearing. And for some reason, a hearing aid was not an option. The Rosh Hashiva, Anubarak said to the stipler, you know, there is no reason for you to suffer. Today, there are hearing aids which are very, very effective. You'll be able to, to, to hear so well. And the stipler replied, truthfully, during Kriya Satira, I strain my ears to hear every word. Other than that, what reason do I have to hear? When Rav Yafin heard the response, he turned to Rav Galinsky and said, What do I say to such a response? The stipler had not heard Rav Yafin's remark. He, however, had read his lips and replied, Do you think that the one who made me deaf owes me? Do you realize that hundreds of people come to see me? If I was not hard of hearing, I would have to devote all my time to them. When would I have time to learn? HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped me by making me hard of hearing. Visitors are now compelled to write their requests on a piece of paper. Right? Some people are for the most part lazy. Therefore, the petitions that they write are short. Thus, Baruch Hashem, I have more time to learn. It's all about attitudes. Who would even think that being unable to hear well would be viewed as contributing positively to one's learning? The stipler did. He thanked Hashem for his handicap because he knew that it was all part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan. This is 11.9. Chai FM, the program is soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment with lots more about Chaga Pesach. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. I'm your radio, Erev Shabbos Kiddush, Pashas Tzav. Thank you so much for joining us. There's so much to talk about as we approach the incredible, incredible Chag of Chag Hasukas. So let's talk about <coughs> Matzah. Let's talk about what Matzah is supposed to mean in our, in our lives. You know, the Torah says, that in the first month on the 14th day at night, i.e. the night of the 15th, you have to eat matzahs, until the 21st of Nisan, that's seven days, right? At the end of the 21st day, so you have seven days, 15 to 21, seven days of Sukkot, of, of, of Pesach, obviously in Chutzlars we have an extra, an extra day. And then it says that the Mitzrayim, Batechazak Mitzrayim Alam, they pressured us, Lemayr Lashacham and Oritz, to get us out of the land as quickly as possible, Kiyom Rukulon Mason. They thought they were all going to die. By Yisa, Amis, Betzekoi, Terem Nechmatz, they lift up their dough even before they had a chance to become Chomets, Misharaisam Tsururas, Pismons, they tied it up in their clothing, Al Shechom, and put it on their, on their shoulders. And, uh, the, the, we say it's actually the same thing. In the Haggadish Pesach, 
we ask, why do we eat this matzah? Because the, the dough, there was not enough time for the betze, for the batzekes, the, for the dough of the Jewish nation to rise until HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to them and revealed them. As it says, They baked the dough which they brought out of Mitzrayim, Ugois matzahs, into matzah cakes, Kiloi but not leaven, Tigorshumi Mitzrayim, they were chased out of Mitzrayim, They weren't given a chance to tarry at all. They didn't lay in any provisions ahead of time. Now, we need to have several questions that we need to, fundamental things that we need to understand. Number one, this whole mitzvah of eating matzah, right? Why, why is it so important to eat matzah as a, as a remembrance of oh, this was the food that they took with them at the time when they went down to Machayim? Is that the fundamental part of it? See, sometimes this is what they ate. Surely the, the main thing is that they got out of Mitzrayim. Who cares what food they, they had? Do we talk about, oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, we should make a miracle on the day that the Jews were, were saved because when they were saved, they, they ate, uh, uh, uh blintzes. <laughs> what, what connection does that have to do with the actual, with the actual miracle? Question two. Another thing you have to understand. Why did they pick matzahs? If they had such a belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to such an extent, where the Novi Yirmiyah says, Chesed I remember the kindness of your, of your nascent stage. Avas Klulasach, your total love for me. Lechtech Achrab you followed me into the desert, Be'eretz Ruah, in a land that hadn't been cultivated. You know, as the Navi is pointing out and highlighting the great trust in the Jewish nation that they followed God virtually blindly in, into the desert. Well, if they had such blind faith, then why did they have to prepare themselves matzah? Surely they could then trust that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the same way as he took them out, would be able to organize them them food. Yad Hashem Tiktor is anything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't, di- can't, uh, can't do. And if they did want to make provisions for for the uh, for the journey. Very good. They knew they were going out weeks before. Why couldn't they have lain in provisions from from before, from yesterday, right? Already the the uh, 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 before that, uh, Paro sort of announced that he was uh, he was freeing all of the all of the Jewish nations. And the Chazal said that what he said was audible to the entire land of Egypt, and only Moshe Rabbeinu, right, said no. We're not going out at night. We're not going to allow you to chase us out in in the middle middle of the night, like we're going out like like thieves. In other words, so even if you don't want to say they knew about it before that, but certainly already from the from the evening, Klaisel knew that they're going out of Mitzan. They could have run to the local supermarkets and bought out all the all the all the shells, all the supplies there, as we often do when we panic by when we think something's gonna happen. And they could have had. Furthermore, already on the on the on the tenth of Nisan, when they took the lamb into the houses, already then they knew that they were going out five days later. So why not storm the shops then and prepare whatever they needed for, for the roads? Right, so Jews are pretty good at preparing things for for the for the uh, the the journey. And why do they wait till the very very last moment? It seems to be a contradiction. They have this great great faith, 
And yet, in the last minute, they prepare. But if they're, prepare, if, if they're not preparing, then they shouldn't prepare even then. If they are preparing, then there was plenty of time before that to, to prepare. Number three, we have to understand, uh, why, you know, why, why didn't they prepare beforehand some provisions? And even if you want to say that they couldn't prepare because it was, uh, they weren't allowed to have chametz in their houses all of the day, of the, or all of the day of the fifteenth. Still, we need to understand why didn't they prepare matzah beforehand? They couldn't have chametz. Fine, so you make a chabur beforehand, bake matzahs, and they would have plenty of matzah for as long a time as they needed in the desert. And they wouldn't need themselves to prepare matzah in the very, very last. You know, even if you're worried about that, they weren't allowed to have chametz. Fine. They could have spent weeks before baking matzah and, and, and laying in laying in those those are pr- provisions. Furthermore, the pasuk says the gam tzeda and also provisions they did make. Now the truth is they did make uh, provisions and they took the dough that they had made for for the Saturday nights. So we have to understand why does it, why does it say that they never made. Provisions for the for the uh, for, for for the uh, for the trip, right? Uh, it should have rather written that they didn't do maybe a lot of uh, preparations, but they did certainly make something. And if it wasn't for the fact that the matrium were were pressuring them to to uh, get out, right? So then, uh, if they weren't pressuring them, so then maybe they would have made even uh, even more. They would have baked more and more matzahs and had and had lots of lots of supplies. And perhaps we could even strengthen that that uh, that question according to what Rabbeinu Bachaya writes. He says, "What does it mean the gam sulem?" So the pasuk is telling us the great, great, great high level of of the Jewish nation. That they believed in Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe, his uh, his servant, and they never said, hey, "How can we go out to the desert, this big, awesome, fearful desert, without lots of food?" Right? Uh, and it was this great midah of betochen of of of, uh, of tres that they had in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself praises them. Through through the uh, the navi as Yirmiyah says, their praise for it. Now, if they had this tremendous emuna and mitochen Hashem that Hakadosh Baruch is going to sustain them and and look after them, so again, why do they prefer? Why do they prepare any food for the for the road, which seems to imply the opposite that they. Couldn't rely. They had to they had to make their own efforts. Right? And based on what the pasuk is saying, the reason that they didn't manage to prepare more food for the work, for the journey was only because that because there was, there was such a panic uh, going on, and and the Egyptians were going were going crazy, and they just didn't have the time. It was the time to go uh, to go out because Pyro and Chaim were, were encouraging them to go, and that's why they didn't manage to prepare enough enough provisions. But from their side, they had the opportunity. They would have prepared lots and lots. So it's very difficult to understand. This whole sugar. First of all, why are we even celebrating the food they ate? Why is that an important factor in Yitzhi's Mitzrayim? 
at, uh, at, at, at all. And then secondly, why do they bake matzahs? If they believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much, and, they, and as the Apostle says, they, 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 they believed almost uh, uh, sort of blindly in Hashem, then why make preparations at all? And on the other side, if they are making preparations, then why do they do it last minute? Why didn't they you know, start weeks before and lay in lots of provisions? Ah, you might argue they couldn't make a um, fine. Don't make comets. Make matzah, but make lots of it. Make it enough that's going to, that's going to, that's going to last you for a very, very long, long, uh, long time. Right? And then what does the Pasuk say? No, they didn't make provisions. They did make provisions. We see they baked the, the dough that they, that they had. Okay, you could have said maybe they didn't make lots of provisions, but they certainly did make, did make, uh, 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 provisions. And perhaps the overriding question of all is that we talk so much and we refer to matzah as the lechem of nemusa, the, the bread of belief and trust. And it doesn't seem to make sense. Why would they, if they had such trust, why were they baking matzah in advance? We're going to come back and deal with these questions in a moment. This is going to FM. The program is soul to soul. Please stay with us or you're going to be left with some very big questions. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. But we're doing a Pesach edition this week with Pesach just five days away. And we asked some really, really important questions about the matzah that we eat on Pesach. Why do we eat the matzah? Well, the Torah tells us because they baked the matzah when they went out of Mitzrayim. Is that so important? Do we have to eat the matzah because that was the food they had when they went out of Mitzrayim? And in fact, why did they bake matzahs at all? If, they, if they're praised for their tremendous high level of belief and trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you follow me into a desert without knowing what's going on, then why in fact did they bake at all? And if they were preparing provisions, they knew about it system time in advance, why did they only bake in the very, very last minute? Why didn't they lay in provisions already before? And, and why is then Pesach called the Chag Nusa, the Chag of belief in HaKadosh Baruch and, and Matzah is the bread of Amuna. Surely Amuna would have meant they shouldn't bake at all. What's what's this all um, all about? So we know that Kleiso wasn't always on the same level of trust and belief in, in HaKadosh Baruch that we had, we were on a bit of a roller coaster when it came to Emunah in, in, in HaKadosh Baruch We know sometimes Kaisal was very strong in their belief of Hashem, and sometimes they had weaker moments. Already in, in Pasha Shemais, it says when Moshe Rabbeinu first came to tell the Jews that they were going out of, <coughs> out of Mitzrayim, it says, Vayameinam. They, they trusted, they believed Moshe Rabbeinu said. But afterwards, then again, they fell from that perch. They fell from their Muna, as it says later on in Parakei. Says they met Moshe and Aaron coming out to meet them when they when they left Paro's house, and they said to them, "You're, you're making our lives miserable, right? You're, you're causing us Paro to hate us, and he's going he's going he's going to uh, he's going to kill us." And then again, they got strengthened in their Muna when Akalish Baruch was punishing. The Egyptians were the Esamachus, so that made them very strong. But afterwards, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded B'nai Israel to bring the carbon Pesach and to do the bris milah, so then they again fell off the perch and, and fell from their high emunah, and they didn't really want to do it. And it was only 
when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the, as Chamedra says, a beautiful scent from Gan Eden. And, and that, that, uh, you know, in, in, in the carbon Pesach that Moshe Rabbeinu made. And so when they all smelled that all of Kleiso, so then, oh, they desired so much to eat from the meat of the carbon Pesach. Then they all agreed to brisk themselves and to, uh, bring <coughs> the carbon Pesach as, as the medicine factor tells us. <coughs> and then, fine. They gave, they were given the mitzvah to eat matzah. In Mitzrayim, on the night of the 15th, right? Uh, without any sort of reason, as it says in, in the, the, uh, the Beis HaLevi, talks about it in great, in great length. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the, into the very, very nature of matzah, that a person who eats matzah on the night of the 15th of Nisan will be merit to Get great doses of emuna into his being. So to Hakadosh Baruch Hu fixed in the in the in the very fabric of creation that it's and it's, uh, it's something we don't really understand that if someone eats matzah, which is this bread of faith, on the night of the fifteenth, he merits to attain emuna Hashem. And, and that's what it was in, in for Klai Yisrael, in, in Mitzrayim. That even though they had all these different <coughs> moments of great strength and moments of great weakness in their, in their imuna, but straight away, when they ate the Kezayis of Matzah, the imuna began to pump through their veins in the strongest possible way and, and made on them this tremendous, tremendous impression. And each one felt in himself that he was zeichet to tremendous, tremendous finish aliyah, tremendous a growth in in this mida of of emuna. And then the next day, when Kaisra left Mitzrayim, so the, the the that emuna was still burning in inside of them because of the matzah they had eaten uh, the previous the previous night, and therefore they weren't gonna make. Provisions, because they totally believe in in the fullest sense of of the word. But even then, we knew that there's a a great distinction between what we call emuna and bitochen. Emuna is a a a intellectual concept, and bitochen is something really really practical. When the test comes. Do we really, do we have the strength, do we have the gumption to stand up to and realize that this is from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And therefore, just before they left Mitzrayim, suddenly, Kleisa was worried. Maybe they don't have enough betochen. And then when they, and, and when they went out of Mitzrayim again, they fell off their muna. And therefore they, they, uh, each person was aroused to no, we, we may, maybe we don't have enough faith. But therefore, everyone was around that they had to make matzah, they had to take something along in order to strengthen themselves in Emunah. In other words, that the whole reason why they prepared the dough was not in order to make provisions for, for, the, for the way that they should have at least something uh, to eat. No, on the contrary, the whole purpose of baking the matzah was only for them to strengthen themselves in 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 emuna and and they shouldn't fall any further in their in their emuna, and that's the reason 
uh, why we why we eat the matzah to remember that that the Bnei Yisrael went out of Mitzrayim and they didn't rely on their own koychus on their own on their own energy on their own uh, on their own uh, sort of spiritual standing, but they made. Some kind, of, and and and, they, and the reason they didn't make any kind of provisions at all, right? The one thing that they did was they baked matzahs in order to well, what's matzahs gonna to strengthen themselves a little even more in the in their emuna to to rely completely on Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that He's going to sustain. They took a little bit of food and completely uh, uh, strengthen themselves that Hakadosh Baruch Hu would look after them and and uh, their entire time in the in the uh, in, in the desert. And when it became known to Parah, the king of Mitzrayim, that Bnei Yisrael were baking something, that they're baking these matzahs in order to strengthen themselves in their emunah. So then, because he was such a big Russia, he couldn't bear this. What? They're strengthening themselves? And therefore, he was trying to hurry them up and get them out of Mitzrayim before they could bake anything as quickly as possible. And his intention was that the Klaiso should not have the possibility to bake the matzahs. And because of that, Klaiso left Mitzrayim. And it's possible that you know, if they didn't bake the matzahs, then maybe they would have further doubts of Akadosh Baruch Hu's ability to, to, to look after them. And therefore, Klaiso went out with just the dough. He wouldn't let them stay. He wanted for that there should be a chink in their trust and their belief in, in Akadosh Baruch Hu. What did Akadosh Baruch Hu do? When he saw that Klaiso wanted and they had this tremendous desire uh, uh, to strengthen themselves in, in their muna by eating the matzah. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch brought this very, very, very hot sanat in order to show how precious Klaiso was to him and how precious was their, 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 the beautiful desire of every single Jew to come close to him. And when a Jew is, is aroused and he has a rotson to strengthen himself in Emunah HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu does all kinds of miracles and he helps him and he aids him that he's able to strengthen himself in his relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because our whole free choices is only to create a rotson right if we create a rotson a desire we want to do something then HaKadosh Baruch is the one who actually makes sure that it's, that it actually, that it actually happens. Now, we know well that if Klaiso had remained in Mitzrayim a little bit more, so Chasashon, they would have fallen to this terrible, terrible abyss of the 50th level of, of, of distance from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's possible the Jews themselves felt this and they knew that if they would fall into that pit, that terrible, terrible place of the 50th letter, le- level, then there would be no way of comeback. There'd be no return. And they would remain there forever. And therefore, they were trying to make some kind of a plan. How would it be possible to be saved from this? And they all came to the conclusion, to one unified co- uh, uh, a conclusion, that would be able to save them. And the only thing that could save them, they came to the conclusion, was Emuna and, and, and in, in, uh, in, in Akadosh Baruch. That it's 
Kayach is so great to save them from going down to that, to that abyss. And therefore, they all hurried to bake matzahs so that they'd be able to eat this, this antibiotic, this medicine, right? That helps them to achieve, uh, emuna in, in Akadish Really. And, and to raise themselves up from that, uh, from that potential they were hanging on the abyss of the 50th, of the 50th level through their emuna. And when they began to strengthen themselves in their emuna, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped them that straight away they were, they were, they were, uh, uh, redeemed before they even had a chance to bake, to bake the matzahs. And really the same thing is in our, in our generation. This, this last generation before the coming of, of, uh, of Mashiach. And as many, many of the great tzaddikim that said that the main generation of this gener, of this, uh, of this, the main test of this generation is going to be in levels, uh, and matters pertaining to Emun and Hashem. And anyone who does something that unfortunately is contrary to the Ratzin of, of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so it could be, he'll be very, very, very successful. In, in what he does. And on the contrary, someone who has Yerushimayim and serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he might have all sorts of difficulties, all sorts of challenges, all sorts of uh, 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 falling incidents, both in his Ruchnius and in his, 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 his uh, physicality. And it's only through the Koyach of Emunah that day we're going to have the ability to stand strong against all of these Nisyanis. And through our great strengthening ourselves in Emunah, through that alone, that can cause that the, the Gula can come quicker than we ever, we ever uh, 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 managed. And uh, we'll be able to, 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 uh, sa- to save all those who never have, have fallen further and, 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 and further. And therefore, even nowadays, when we eat matzah, we should have kavana. And deep, deep down in our heart, that achilas matzah should accomplish within us, that we should become greater believers in HaKadosh Baruch and truth. Because there are many people that think to themselves, oh, we have emunah, we are bale emunah, and therefore they don't work to strengthen themselves in these matters, I think they've got it. But the truth is, they're far, far away from real emunah in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And someone who thinks he does believe in Hashem, but certainly there's so many different levels of, of emunah. And a person needs to make every effort to keep pushing himself higher and higher in different levels of, uh, of emunah. The more, the more he possibly can. And therefore, at the time when we eat the matzah, we should ask and we should beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our thoughts that Hashem should help us to such a great extent that we should have more and greater belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and understand that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not Eskom, it's not this, it's not that, it's not the government. Everything that happens in our lives comes Comes, comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then we'll be able to rise further and further in, in our own levels of, of Emunah. Now it's interesting that the Ma'ori Naim in this week's Pasha, uh, uh, brings, brings down that it's true that in Nisan, so we were redeemed, and in Nisan, Be'ez Hashem, the future redemption is going to happen. 
In other words, that by the Kriyas Yamsuf, there was an accusation. The Malach and Shemayim had an accusation against the Jewish nation. Eiluva, Elu of Davarazar, that both the Egyptians and the Jews both served Davarazar. So if so, how could it be? How we were rede- how we were redeemed? So in Mitzrayim, the Klaishal did the entire Seder on the night of the fifteenth, right? As uh, as they were commanded to do. The same as we do. As what it says, while you Musaprim Bitsias Mitzrayim that they were talking then about Kitsiyas Mitzrayim. Why? What does he say? Shoyimamin, and they believed, Shebevadayiyoyotzim, that for sure they were going to go out. Right? And, and with that tremendous chesed, that, that they believed, that's why they were, that's why they were redeemed. That's an end, end quote. In other words, we see something amazing, that even in Mitzrayim, Kalal Yisrael, Already fulfilled all the mitzvahs of Achilas Matzah according to what the Gemara in, in, in Mesachs Pesachim talks about. Right? Shmuel says, Lechem Oini. Why is it called Lechem Oini? Poor man's bread. So Oini can also be from the word Oinim to answer. Lechem Sha'inin loved Warm Habe. It's a, a, the bread that evokes tremendous amount of conversation and we talk about it. And Rashi says, What is Sha'in love Devarim? Sha'inin love as a halal. We say the complete Hallel, but I am love Haggadah, and we say the, the, the Haggadah. And, and we understand this very well, based on what it says, what, what the, the Abdul of the Oyev Yisrael says in explaining, we say in Haggadah, Shal Pesach, that, you might think we should already start talking about this time from Rosh Chodesh, Talmud Laimah, Pesach says, Babu Zeh. But only Only at the time when the matzah mora is in front of you. Now the truth is, even if a child asked his father this question any other uh, day of the year, so the father could also can answer, can answer him. You know, uh, 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 the the uh, to the son, you know, as it says in the Torah, just answer the question. But. The Torah Kedusha teaches us that all the rest of the year, even if you just tell the son the story of Yitzchak Mitzrayim, so then those you'll, you'll tell him the story, but it's not necessarily going to penetrate into his heart, and it's not going to sort of really, really become part of his DNA, because that is dependent on the emuna of the heart. And not everyone is, is, is to do that all the time. However, on, on Seder night, right, and that's one fact what, uh, what the, uh, the Torah is telling us, right? We, and, and the, the, the Balagada is telling us, I, I only want you to do it at the time when the Matzah Mar is in front of you. In other words, on Seder night, we're there, the, we have the tremendous, tremendous revelation of the Shekhinah coming down as it was in, uh, in, in Mitzrayim, right? And on that night, the, 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 uh, the tremendous R of, 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 of the Shekhinah, which means, which infiltrates our, our Seichel and gives us the ability to see real truth and real emuna, and it kind of wraps us 
all the Jewish people around it. Then, when you answer your son on that night, the answers, and you tell him the whole Sipur B'tzis Mitzrayim, then certainly whatever the father says will penetrate into the ears of the son, and he will have true emuna about about Yitzis Mitzrayim. So we see, which is not the same case in in, in the rest of the lazy year, because then, yes, the, the 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 darkness of all the stuff we're going through during the year will 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 prevent the sun from being able to come to a true true uh, 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 level. So therefore, we can say that really, the reason why the Jewish nation left Mitzrayim so quickly, even before they had the chance. To, to, to even prepare, to bake the matzahs, but they went out with just the dough on their shoulders, while Akarishpochu did it specifically, not because just the evilness of Paro, but to teach B'nai Yisrael that they have nothing to be afraid of, and they don't have to worry about themselves that they don't have emuna. But you have to understand that part of their emunah is to believe, believe in yourself. In other words, to believe that I have emunah. Don't think that you don't have emunah. You have emunah. Once you've been through a Seder night, a person who's been through a Seder night has emunah. Because whatever your father told you then, went in and made an impression. And therefore, Kaddish who worked it around that every single person went Mitzrayim, went out of Mitzrayim before they even had a chance to bake their matzahs. And nevertheless, they all went out together and they believed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will look after them and support them and, and sustain them. And that's what the Novi is saying. I remember your kindness of, of going out in, in, a, in a foreign land. Because yes, they went out of Mitzrayim only with one intention. And that was to strengthen themselves further and further in Emun Hashem. And they wanted to bake more matzah in order to strengthen themselves even more in Emun Hashem. And then HaKadosh showed each one of them that you, you see, you yourselves have Emunah. And that is part of the, the, of the Simcha of the Yom Pesach. That everyone has to strengthen themselves and believe in myself that I know. Don't doubt yourself. You have Emunah. And you are, you are, you are, uh, 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 sanctified by HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very, very strong way. And when Christ left Mitzrayim because they had this emunah that they have, uh, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them the ability to strengthen themselves even more and more in emunah. And they made the, the miracle that the, the, uh, the sun used to bake their matzahs, that they should be able to eat more matzah. And and uh, and uh, and the matzah would have more of an impression on them, and they would go greater and greater and greater in their level of of uh, of emuna. Because we know there are many levels in emuna, one above the other. But at the beginning, they needed to first believe in themselves that yes, I have emuna, and then they could go out of mitzvah. This is one more salt. So we'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos clip. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Tzav. This is also our last show before, before Pesach. And I'm sure, as I say, that the other presenters on High FM in this Soul to Soul slot have been dealing 
I'm sure extensively with the laws of Pesach, how to make Pesach, etc., etc. So I'm going to leave that to their probably superior knowledge on the subject. And I'm going to carry on, as we always do at this point, with Hilchas Shabbos. But before we do that, as we always do at this point on the show, to just clue you in on the important details you need to know for this coming Shabbos Pashas Tzav. So this afternoon, the earliest time, for lighting your Shabbos candles is at 4.53. 4.53 is already, you know, it's about two hours from 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 now, and you can get your candles ready, you can get your house ready. The Shabbos is a little bit of a complicated uh, Shabbos. The house is sort of in a bit of a turmoil. Some, uh, some of it's Pesachlik, some of it's, some of it is, is still Chomets, and you'll eat where you're going to eat, and, and uh, as we said, uh, according to the Chedush uh, this is called the Shabbos Hagadol, because this is such a mixed-up Shabbos. You know, we don't, we're not necessarily eating where we normally eat, and we don't eat the same kind of food we eat, and maybe we're not wearing our best clothes, because they've already been cleaned for for, for Yom Tif, and Shabbos says, I'm gonna be Mavata, I'm gonna let you go this, this time, and, and even, cause I understand you're preparing for the great Chag of Pesach, and because anyone who actually gives in and relents and, and, uh, foregoes their honor for the, for the benefit of somebody else is called Godol. Okay, so 453 is the earliest time for lighting candles, and we can do it, and perhaps even should do it, get the Shabbos going. You know, it's been a very hectic week, Baruch Hashem, with all the preparations for Pesach, and the Shabbos plunked in the middle is a wonderful time to just turn off and really focus back on, on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we'll carry on Metzim after Shabbos to the last bits, but just relax and just forget everything else except, except HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The latest time for lighting Shabbos candles this week, it's getting earlier every week. The earliest time this week is at 5.49, just 11 minutes before 6. It's jumped already uh, uh, almost like 7 minutes since last week. That's going very, very quickly. 5.49 is the latest time. That means you really got to be organized by, by then, as I always say, even though Shkia is at 6.07, still don't you rely on that time between 5.49 and 6.07 to do anything. That time is reserved for emergency situations only. Otherwise, 5.49 is when the keys for the car should be away and the candles should be lit and the house should be completely transformed and ready for, for the coming, for the coming, uh, uh, Shabbos. So he said, Shkia 6.07, therefore, if you want to be able to daven Mayrev and fulfill the mitzvah of St. Krishna, and not have to repeat it again later, all you have to do is wait till 25 past 6, 18 minutes after Shkia. If you daven Mayrev, then you're good to go, and then you can sit down and sort of rest your weary bones and have a lovely, lovely Shabbos, Shabbos meal, whatever sort of form it, uh, it, it takes, whether you're having Pesach food or, or Chametz food or whether you're having just a, a, a pita too, or whether you're having proper challah, whatever it might Whatever it might be, enjoy it and get the most out of it and spend time with the family, spend time with uh, friends, if you are, if they're invited to, I'm not going to say if you have friends, uh, but if you have friends with you at the, at the, uh, at the meal, um, and, and just, just sort of simmer down and, and really, really, uh, enjoy it. Tomorrow is, of course, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Tzav, 
and it's the uh, final one in the special Shabbos before Shabbos. It's called Shabbos Hagodol. It doesn't attract a special maftir, but it does have a special haftira, haftira of the uh, uh, very very end of of uh, of, of Navi. Uh, and it ends, of course, with the Pesach. The, the prediction, the, 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 the nevuah that Hashem is going to send to herald the coming of Mashiach. May it happen very, very speedily in, in, our, in our time. So we then carry on with, with the regular Shabbos. Uh, obviously, as I said before, in many, many uh, communities, the custom is that the Rav gets up and delivers a, a drosha, a, a, uh, you know, just to remind people of the halachas of Pesach that people may have known but just didn't think about it or maybe didn't know. And just to remind people of, because Pesach being so severe, God forbid if you don't get rid of the chametz properly, it really is a big, big issue. So to remind us and also maybe to give us a little bit of, a little bit of the hashkaf of Pesach, a bit of, a bit of musa, a bit of chizot to get us into the, the Chag, and in, in some circles they even perhaps wax a little bit uh, uh, philosophical and talk about some of the deeper aspects of, of the Halachis of, of, of Pesach, etc., etc., but it's, a, it's definitely a Shabbos with some learning learning uh, uh, attached, and Shabbos Kodesh ends uh, tomorrow night at 6.37. 6.37 is the end of, of, of Shabbos, and then of course we have sort of four more frenetic days until Yontif. Yontif, of course, is on Wednesday night. First Seder night is on Wednesday night. Second Seder night, Thursday night, goes straight into Shabbos, Shabbos Cholmoyed. Beautiful, beautiful weekend, weekend coming, uh, coming, coming up. Okay, we are sort of beginning a, a new area, still, still under Bishel, but we're going to deal now with the laws of, of putting food and, and sort of Getting food hot and leaving it on 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 the on the stove, etc. Before before Shabbos, you know, previously until now, we've been learning the the sort of fundamentals and and the principles and the framework of generally the the, the malacha of of cooking, which is forbidden from from the Torah. But now we're going to uh, carry on talking about two different decrees. That were made by our Archachamim. Number one, that you're not allowed to leave food which is not yet fully cooked on a fire, even if you put it there before Shabbos. And number two, you cannot do anything on Shabbos that even though it isn't actually an act of cooking, but if it gives the semblance, it gives the appearance of being like a, a act of cooking, we're going to see that that is, that is forbidden. So let's go back to the beginning and let's talk first <clears throat> about the concept of shihia, of leaving non-cooked food on a stove before, before Shabbos even begins. Now just as a general principle. So we know the, the, all the prohibitions of, of, uh, of Shabbos all take effect from the moment Shabbos comes in, right? We, when we talk about, uh, as we do candle lighting time, this week, as we said, it's going to be at, uh, at uh, 5, 5.49. From that moment on, really, all the prohibitions, all the categories of, of forbidden malacha actually come, 
come into into effect. Okay, one may not be liable to the punishment of death until later, but the actual all the every Shabbos starts from that moment. And therefore, as far as the Torah is concerned, it would be would have been permitted if I place before Shabbos begins. Let's say I take uh, a cooked cooked food and I put it on a fire. So long as I put it there before Shabbos, even though they're going to continue to be cooked on, on Shabbos, as far as the Torah is concerned, you didn't do malach. I put it there before Shabbos. I'm allowed to put it there. Therefore, as far as the Torah is concerned, I did no act of cooking. However, Achachamim were very, very worried because perhaps a person uh, uh, is, is very, a person gets very worried and very anxious that his cooked food should obviously be cooked properly. And particularly if he put it on the fire in order to use it for his Friday night meal. So, and he sees now, okay, it's already uh, getting late. Shabbos has already started. The guests will be here in half an hour. And the food is still looking pretty raw. It doesn't look like it's so edible yet. So then he might improve the level of the fire after Shabbos has already begun in order to sort of hasten the process of cooking. And in so doing, by getting, by making the flame hotter and therefore cooking the food faster, he is now violating the Isser of lighting a fire and the Isser of cooking on, on, uh, on Shabbos. And therefore the Chazal saw fit to say, one second, we got a problem here. And therefore the, the Chazal saw fit to, to strengthen the, the, their, their actual decree. And they also decreed that if, if a person did go against the decision of the Chacham and he put food on, on a fire, right? Uh, any kind of food that is going to need to continue cooking. In other words, that's not fully cooked before Shabbos, and now we're worried that you might do that. If a person does that, so the Allah would be that as a sort of a uh, fine we impose upon you, you would not be allowed to benefit from that food on uh, on on Shabbos. Okay, we'll be back in a minute with some closing comments. This is 101.9 FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Sol to Sol, back in your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Bashes Tzav, our Pesach edition. But we are talking about Hilchos Shabbos, and we're talking about the introduction to the process of leaving not fully cooked food on a fire before Shabbos. So we know that in the past, they used to cook in 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 a kind of a stove that underneath the stove there were actually coals that were sort of a, a sort of a burning coals that that heated the stove and the Chacham were very worried that in order to hasten the cooking of the of the food on Friday night for your meal a person might stoke those coals in order to uh, encourage the uh, the cooked food to get Quick, get uh, quicker, get cooked quicker. And today also, obviously, 
we don't use coals, but we have a a, a gas fire or, or, or some other kind of uh, heating device, electric heating device in the oven or, or, or an electric stove. So we have the same worry that maybe you'll want to raise the level of the of the flame and violate the isertera, both of lighting a fire and of cooking on, on Shabbos. And even if you would light the gas or the whatever the heating source is, the electric heating forces, uh, on, on the highest heat, in other words, that there's no possibility of raising the level, still, you cannot leave on that, on that flame any cooked food because the Chachamim made no distinction in their gazelle. There was an across-the-board distinction. You may not leave any uncooked food on any degree of fire. And furthermore, not on the contrary, we're going to worry that maybe uh, uh, you're going to you're going to see the the the, the cook dish sort of drying out and possibly burning, and then you might reduce that that flame and then raise it again, right? Where where again the these always uh, a problem of of doing malacha. And second of all, as long as you're leaving that food on the that's not yet fully cooked on the, on an open fire. So we always have to worry that you're going to violate the Isra of Bishel in various kind of ways. For example, let's say you're going to, uh, you're going to stir the contents of the, uh, of the pot, or you're going to cover it with a better cover in order to, to improve the, the, uh, the heat. And in those situations, you're going to have a, a, a problem. But that's really all the time we have this week. All that's left me at this point. Is first of all just to wish you an amazing, amazing Shabbos. As I said, the Shabbos should be a, just a respite, just a time to turn off, forget about all the things that still have to be done, all the things that were done, and just get into into the Shabbos. And then, of course, we have, as I said, these four last days of preparation, and then we're going to get to the Chag of Sukkot. And I just want to take the opportunity to wish all of you a Echakoshim Sameach, a beautiful, happy. Pesach. Yes, it's a lot of work, and it really is a huge investment, even for the eight days that it is. But one, and, and there's a lot of detail, a lot of finicky stuff, but once it comes, just again, throttle down, and just get into the Chag. Sit down at the Seder, proud of, of the incredible work you've done, and enjoy, and get the Nachas out of the, out of the Seder, out of the kids, out of what they say, out of what, out of the singing, out of the whole ambiance of the Seder. It's, as we used to learn before, it's such a special evening. May tailor made to help us work on our emunah and faith in Akkadish Prachal. And may we have Taka, beautiful, beautiful Yomtu, and it's just less wish me first, a good Shabbos for the Shabbos, and please God, a good Yontif when Yontif comes, and just enjoy it. Bez Hashem, hopefully we'll have this course to sit together again after Yontif, and, and learn some more time and prepare for other, other Shabbos. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being part of our radio family, and to each and all of you, a good Shabbos, and then later, a good Yontif.